Hello, welcome to Caregiver's Haven, a podcast helping families who are caregivers of a loved one with a mental illness gain peace of mind. Even though this is a podcast focused on family caregivers of the mentally ill, much of the discussion can be helpful to any caregiver. Your host is Sandra. She is a family caregiver sharing her lived experiences and hopes to provide education, support, and resources to other families. Hey, caregivers. How are you? How are you doing with your three R's? Are you resting, relaxing, and rejuvenating? Remember, you have to take time for yourself so that you can continue to take care of your loved one. So how's it going? We're almost to the end of the year. We still have two more holidays to enjoy. We just started winter season, so I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. I know that the holidays can be very stressful for some people, and also the fall and winter months can be very stressful. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's quite a bit going on. And um, a lot of people have anxiety during this time. And I had about three conversations over the Thanksgiving holiday, and then I had a recent conversation with my daughter um, that just reminded me that a lot of people have a lot of anxiety during this time. And so even though we only have two more holidays, um, we're right deep in the holiday season. It's almost over. We still have a few more months of winter. And so I just wanted to take some time out to just discuss the holiday stress and um, the seasonal stress and just kind of talk about it and give you guys some tips, excuse me, to deal with it, some tips and strategies to deal with it. You know, I just want to talk about it because some people really do struggle during this time of year. So that's what this podcast is all about today. Um, I just thought here at Caregiver's Haven podcast, we can just go ahead and talk about it, even though it's almost over. There are some people who are still really, really struggling. So the first conversation I had was with my husband. Um, It was a day before Thanksgiving. And so usually on Thanksgiving, we go to my sister's house every year. Um, It was kind of traditional where my sister did Thanksgiving and we did Christmas. And of course, we can't this year, you know, there's a pandemic. So we set up some time to do a Zoom family call and we were just all going to have a prayer together. Um, Now, a lot of my family's on the East Coast. Of course, they would probably have already eaten dinner by the time we did the call, but it was okay. We just all wanted to get together and be together and have this big prayer time with everybody. And so the night before, I was just reminding my husband that we were doing this Zoom call and um, that we were going to have prayer time. And, you know, did he already have his prayer ready? And he's like, so I'm praying. And I was like, well, yeah. And he goes, well, you didn't tell me that I was praying. And I was like, oh, you know, sorry, I didn't tell you because you always do it. So I just assumed that you were going to do it. And he's and he just got really, really quiet. You know, I saw a lot of hesitation. And so I said, well, do you not want to do it? He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'm like, but if you don't want to, just tell me that you don't want to. There's someone else who can do it. You know, there's there's other people who can pray. And he was just really quiet. And I said, well, why don't you just think about it and let me know in the morning? But I went to bed thinking, man, I wonder why he doesn't want to pray. He's always the one who prays. And then I started thinking, you know, most of you guys know that he had COVID this year and he had some damage to his vocal cords 
and his trachea. And so his voice is very, it gets very gravelly and hoarse. And sometimes he can't speak very loud. So I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe he doesn't want to pray because of his, you know, his voice sometimes gets too weak. But then I thought about it and I was like, really, it doesn't even matter why he doesn't want to do it. He just, if he doesn't want to do it, he, he should have the right to say no. So anyway, the next morning we get up and we talk about it again. And he does tell me that he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't feel up to doing it. And so I said, you know, no problem. Someone else can do it. And so we all got together that day as a family and we had the prayer. And guess what? The earth didn't fall off the sky and crash. No stars fell from the sky and caught on fire. No one said, I wonder why Jeff isn't praying or, hey, Jeff, we want you to pray. No one said anything. It was fine. Everything turned out fine. You know, he said no and everything turned out fine. And I just felt bad because because it's tradition. He didn't feel comfortable saying no. And we just I think we put a lot of pressure on people um, because of tradition or because this house always done or because this person's always done it, not realizing that it could be creating anxiety in that person, you know, and they they don't want to they don't want to um, cause a problem or let people down and not say no. So, you know, I mean, it's okay to say no, even if it is a tradition and, you know, I'm saying all this, but I'm just like my husband, we are both, um, givers and like to serve people and like to help people. And so a lot of times with that comes, um, the difficulty of saying no, because you don't want to let people down. You don't want to hurt people. Um, and it's only been in the last year to year and a half that I have been working on that myself and trying to get better at it, which is probably why I recognized that he was kind of struggling with it. Because if I haven't, if I hadn't been working on this issue myself, I probably wouldn't have even recognized that he was feeling a little anxious about it. So, um, just, it's okay to say no people during the holidays or any time of the year. Um, so the second conversation I had also involved this same Thanksgiving day. And this conversation was with my brother. So my brother historically or traditionally, however you want to look at it, either doesn't show up for the big family gather gatherings, or he comes really late when it's about to end, or he'll come, but he'll just stay like a really short time and then leave. Um, and I can say over the last few years, it has improved, but What's, what's interesting is that it's what I, what he told me after this, this Zoom meeting that day. But I mean, I'm talking like about 30 years and I feel really, really bad because this whole time, me and my sisters would always fuss like, why does he do that? Where is it that he goes? Why doesn't he want to be here with us? You know, we were here, we were taking it personally and saying little things. And even all the nieces and nephews would be like, where's uncle Mike? Is uncle Mike coming? You know, when they were younger, now that they're older, they know his pattern. They'll just be like, oh, yay, Uncle Mike is here. Or, oh, Uncle Mike stayed a long time this time. You know, it's it's literally been the conversation in our family, you know, for all these years. And again, I feel really, really bad about it because, excuse me, I feel bad about it because um, we, we just assume that he didn't want to be with us, you know, um, but that's not always the case. So this year... Excuse me. This year, like I said earlier, because of COVID, we did a Zoom call um, and he was on the call and he called me the next day, you know, because 
Um, the Zoom call is really good because I have a new grandbaby that a lot of people hadn't seen. And, you know, all the grandkids are on, like I said, like we were, I think it was like three or four different states. Let's see, one, two, three, three different states all on the call. And so it was really nice. And my daughter, after the call, she was like, did you notice that Uncle Mike was the first one on the Zoom call? And I was like, yeah, I did notice that. And he was the last one to get off the call. He was the last one to hang up. And so we were so excited. We were just talking about how it was just so excited to have him there. So the next day, my brother calls and he tells me how much he enjoyed the call. And he said, it's too, mad, too bad we can't do something like that all the time instead of all getting together. And he was so happy to see all the kids and everything. And then towards the end of the call, he said, you know, there's something I've never told you. And I was like, what? <clears throat> you know, me and my brother talk all the time. Like me and my siblings were all really close and we all talk. And it's kind of funny because there's a couple of us who <clears throat> tell when they're not supposed to tell. So we literally all know each other's business. Like we, <laughs> we all know each other very, very well. So I was surprised that he was going to tell me something that I didn't know. And I said, what, what's that? What, you know, what's up? And he said, the holidays stress me out. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's why I don't be showing up, you know, all the time. And sometimes I just be trying to figure out what to bring or what gifts to get. And I just end up just not coming. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I was so shocked. I had no idea. I know my brother very, very well. And I'm telling you, that's the last thing that I thought would be the reason why he wasn't coming around. And, um, and then I started feeling really, really guilty about how we would always be complain, complaining. And then we would always be like giving him pressure. Like, why don't you come and you need to come. And mom's asking for you, you know, call, blowing his phone up. Like mom's asking for you, what time are you coming? And doing all that when all this time, the guy was stressed out, <laughs> you know, the holidays were stressing him out and oh my gosh, I felt so bad. And it just, I contemplated on that like all day after I talked to him and I just realized how a lot of times we assume. So, you know, with my husband, we all just assume he wants to say the prayer. And with my brother, we were assuming that, um, he didn't want to come, you know, he didn't want to be around. So that between those, those two conversations I had right at Thanksgiving and both of them really, really surprised me and really opened my eyes to this whole holiday stress thing. And then the third conversation I had was, remember I told you that I had like three conversations that kind of prompted me to do this podcast um, today. And the, the third conversation was with my loved one psychiatrist and so we go to the appointment and his um, early December appointment and the, uh, the psychiatrist says, okay, everything's good. I just want you to keep an eye out for any changes and let me know right away. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, we always do. He goes, yeah, but you know, it's the season, it's the holiday season and it's the fall and winter season and people like struggle this time of year. And I said, well, you know, my family member doesn't have to do like any shopping or worry about anything. So they, you know, there's no reason really for them to get stressed. And he go, and the psychiatrist said, oh no, it doesn't matter if they have stress or not. People just simply get overwhelmed this time of year. There's so much hustle and bustle going on and so much busyness. And then also the seasons, the weather, decreased sun, 
there's a lot of things that are going on that can still cause him stress, whether it's stress that you, you know, it may, it may not be stress that you think is stressing them out, but they could be getting stressed out. And I was like, wow, okay. You know, um, I, I will watch out. And he said that, um, even, you know, and he also brought up, you know, just really enforcing me about the weather to make sure that they, um, get some sun. And I was like, okay. And it kind of reminded me, I remember a chiropractor told me before that a lot of people kind of just poo poo the weather, like, oh, it's sunny. Oh, it's cloudy. But he said that when the weather, when the weather and the seasons change, that there's a lot of stuff going on. And I just thought, you know, he, it was just a chiropractor telling his chiropractor stories, but, but he was telling me that there's an actual change in the atmospheric pressure and, you know, the moon, like all of these things really do cause change. He was telling me all this because I was having a lot of joint pain and I said, oh, it's probably because it's cold. And he goes, it sometimes it's not just the cold. It's the time of the year where there's an atmospheric pressure change and it can cause pain in the joints. And so anyway, I thought about all that as the psychiatrist was, was telling me all this. And so I was like, okay. And the other thing I thought about is, you know, during this pandemic, we've been staying at home a lot. And I remember back in March, April, when I was quarantined, when we were all sick and, and then for a long time, I didn't go to the store. And so I remember the first time I went to the store, it was like a shock. Like I walked in the store and it just seemed so bright and the music seemed so loud and it just seemed like so many people and it, and I'm not, I don't, I don't really get anxiety. I don't, stuff doesn't bother me, but I just remember walking in and feeling that. And I just thought about people who have anxiety, like how, if this is how they feel, I was like, wow, this, this is a lot, you know, this is a lot to deal with a lot to handle. So anyway, um, long story short, I told him that, you know, I'd watch out for any signs of, um, you know, any kind of signs for depression or anything like that because of all the holiday busyness and the seasons. And so um, those are all conversations that I had like around Thanksgiving, beginning of December. And then I, last week I had a talk with my daughter because she deals with anxiety and depression sometimes also. And she was telling me that she was starting to feel down and she thought maybe it was her vitamin D level um, because she lives in Oregon and, you know, during fall and winter, they can go like days and weeks without having any sun. And so the good thing about it is, you know, she took action by calling the um, doctor and was asking them to get a vitamin D level just so that um, she can get checked because um, one of the things that we were, she and I were talking about, and also the psychiatrist was telling me about is, you know, the seasonal depression that it, it really affects people. And I don't know if a lot of you guys know, but seasonal depression is an actual diagnosis. It, um, it comes under the umbrella of depression, but it's one of the, um, specifiers for depression. I think it's called seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. So it's an actual disorder. And, um, people like really, really struggle with it. So anyway, she's, she's getting her vitamin D level because sometimes people have to take like a supplement to help with their vitamin D since there's not a lot of sun, um, during that time. So you're probably wondering why am I telling you all these stories? 
just a whole bunch of stories, but there is a point to it. There is a point that I'm getting at. Um, one of the one of the points is we all should be aware that all of these things are going on, and because of that, we, you know, we can help each other out. We can help each other do better during this time, and hopefully decrease the anxiety within ourselves and with other people. And so, one of the things I just want to give you guys some just some tips to try to help you through it. And one of the things I hope COVID has taught everybody is to slow down a little bit. Um, I personally feel, and anybody who knows me is going to think it's ironic that I'm saying this because I have pretty much lived my life completely opposite this, but I have learned the hard way in the last two years um, about slowing down. And I hope you guys don't have to wait till you're as old as me to learn this lesson. But I just feel like the key to life um, not just life, but the key to life, the key to health, the key to our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional status is balance. Balance. <clears throat> we, we have to, everything has, should be done in moderation and we should have balance. And during the holiday season, we are anything but balanced. Um, excuse me, I have to drink some water. We are anything but balanced. We're usually doing way too much of, mm, way too much of everything, basically. You know, we spend too much. We eat too much. We eat too many pastries and sweets. Um, we drink too much alcohol. We probably have too many people in our house. Just a whole lot of hustle and bustle and a whole lot of too much of everything. And it just creates havoc. You know, that's, that's a lot of... Um, I remember hearing a therapist say one time that a lot of times, even though um, you're not the one busy and doing all doing all kind of stuff, if there's a lot of people around you doing all that, it can create anxiety in some people. You could be sitting there on the couch doing nothing, but if everybody around you is just doing stuff and moving fast and all stressed out and doing all these things, like it can cause um, anxiety and that happens a whole lot during the holidays. Like everybody's doing that. And there certainly isn't any balances in it. But even though we're all sad about um, not being able to do our traditional holiday things that we do because of social distancing and all that, hopefully it, it helps people to just kind of sit back and reflect and think about things and think about, should we be doing all these things? Do we need to be doing all these things? So, um, Hopefully it would just kind of help us all think about balance and moderation and things like that. So a couple of tips that I have, um, the first tip number one I have is to do things in moderation. You know, if you have diabetes, don't be overeating. I, you know, I've worked at a hospital. I retired this year, but for 38 years, we used to see so many people come into the ER around the holidays with these high blood sugars and high blood pressure Basically, they just like ate themselves sick. And so, you know, just don't overdo it with the eating. If you have an alcohol problem, don't let the holidays be an excuse for you to fall off the wagon. Um, if your finances are tight, don't let other people's expectations cause you to spend too much. You know, I, I was guilty of that for so many years, just, you know, spending bill money to buy a gift. You know, we just, we get kind of ridiculous sometimes. So, Tip number one, do things in moderation. Again, whether it's your health or finances or, <clears throat> excuse me, spending too much, whatever it is. Um, tip number two is 
I know that a lot of us are tired and burned out and have cabin fever due to social distancing, but we, we should be safe. So tip number two is social distancing. Um, but don't let it be stressful for you. You know, we're just trying to be safe. We're trying to keep everybody healthy. You know, if you have an elderly family member, it's just a good idea to try. I know that some people will go ahead and have um, family gatherings, but just try to be safe, especially if you have elderly family members there. You know, I, I would, like I said, I was a nurse for 38 years and I worked at a hospital my whole career, except maybe like one year of that time. And so hospitals never close, which meant that, you know, we have to work weekends and holidays in, in addition to all the regular weekdays. So I missed a whole bunch of Thanksgivings and Christmases and Easter and Mother's Day where I had to work. I couldn't be with my family. But guess what? Like we all survived, you know, me and my family survived and we, you know, we always know next year, if I work Christmas this year, then I know that I'm going to be off Christmas next year. Um, so we had to alternate the holidays. And so the same for us this year, we're missing our loved ones this year. We're missing our family, but we know that next year it'd be different. And, you know, we should be able to get this thing under control where we can celebrate. So if the social distancing and not seeing your family is causing you stress, then just find other ways to celebrate. Have have a family Zoom call, have a family Zoom party. Um, you know, believe me, missing one holiday um, is a small price to pay where, rather than getting someone sick. And it's just, it's hard. I, you know, I have three grandchildren, two of them live on the East Coast. I haven't seen them since February. And we normally see each other like every three months. I think prior to the pandemic we probably probably six months was the longest and I haven't seen them since February is killing all of us you know I have a brand new grandbaby who lives here on the west coast but in Oregon like an, another state that I would be you know visiting all the time if it wasn't for this pandemic you know it is is very hurtful it's very stressful but I know that um safety is the key um so I I have to deal with it um, tip number two is it's okay to say no. So, my, you know, like I said earlier, me and my husband both have a problem with that. Um, but I talked about him getting a little bit anxious because he didn't want to say no, but it's okay to say no. I am really, really learning, learning that lesson. And a lot of times what you think people are going to say, or you think how people are going to react if you say no, normally that doesn't even happen. And if it's helping you stay, you know, stay sane and, and not stressed, then even if they do react in a certain way, you know, oh, well, they have to deal with it because we have to take care of ourselves. You know, I'm like really into self-care and self-love because, you know, I, I pretty much crumbled beginning of this year and I am learning that I have to say no. And then be realistic with your yeses um, along with that, because a lot of times, you know, I will say yes to something and I'll realize that, you know, I've overextended myself and I'm tired and I don't want to do it. But now I've said yes. So I have to, you know, I have to go ahead and push and do it anyway. But, um, we just, it's, it's a, if you, if you have that problem, it's a learning, it's a learning curve, but we can do it. We can all, um, work on saying no, if it's something that we really can't do or really don't want to do or really don't feel comfortable doing. So tip number four, tip number four is to be kind, patient, and understanding. 
um, <clears throat> I wish I had thought about this. You know, I'm looking back with my brother, like all these years of us thinking, you know, that there was some other reason why he didn't want to come. And we just never really know what somebody's going through. You know, I hear this all the time and I understand it now. I just wish I had known it many, many years ago, you know, with dealing with my brother. Um, I think I've always been kind and patient and understanding to people, but it's many people who I know that's going through something. And so now I'm really trying to extend that to anybody because even, even though somebody may be showing up or smiling or, you know, coming around, they may be hurting inside or they may be anxious inside. They may be stressed inside and, and we don't know it. So I just think if we practice being kind and patient and understanding, maybe even some of those family arguments at the barbecue, <laughs> you know, maybe some of those things can be avoided if we practice kindness and understanding and don't assume, you know, I said earlier, I assume my husband always wanted to say the prayer. I assume my brother um, didn't want to come for some other reason, but so I think I would add, a, you know, assumption in there. So be kind, patient, understanding, and not assuming that we know what's going on with the other person. And I, I think that that can decrease stress everywhere, you know, with everyone, especially people who are dealing with anxiety. And tip number five, um, if you suffer with seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression, Make sure, um, make sure you keep an appointment with your therapist or psychiatrist. Um, they can check your vitamin D levels to make sure they're sufficient and they can order supplements for you. There's vitamin D over the counter, but if your vitamin D levels are really, really low, which it is in some people who live in those northern, northern states, um, they can give you a prescription vitamin D, which it has a lot. I can't remember how many units... <coughs> I want to say 20,000 units, but I'm not sure. But like the regular over-counter vitamin D you can get only has like 2,000, but you can get a prescription one. It's either, it's like 5,000 or maybe it's not 20,000, but maybe 5,000. I don't know, but I do know that you can get a prescription for vitamin D, um, a high dose to get you caught up um, and that will help. And then also like people who have um, the seasonal affective disorder, you can get vitamin D and they also have like this light. It's a light that you can sit under and um, to help um, help you get some ultraviolet light. And then they have um, sleep therapy. So they kind of train you and give you different hours of sleep to match the season and the sunset and um, sunrise times. So basically just don't suffer alone. Some people don't even know they have it. But that's why keeping a log or a journal is really good because you can kind of see patterns and kind of be like, dang, you know what? Last year, around the end of November, I felt like this. And maybe it's something going on. Maybe it's not just anxiety about Thanksgiving. Maybe there's something else going on. So tip number five is um, if you have seasonal affective disorder or if you think you have it, to check with their therapist or psychiatrist. And then tip number six is I kind of talked about this a little bit just now, but tip number six is to write down or keep a journal or a log on how your mood is, whether it's good or bad. And um, and you might want to keep one, two of them, one for things that stress you out and one that's for um, things that make you happy. And if you have seasonal depression and you don't know it, like I said, this is a way for you to kind of find out, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of find out to see, if there's a pattern, you know, it's like, 
you know, every year, four days before Christmas, I'm, you know, I'm like stressed out and tired and I feel down. If you think about it, four days before Christmas is the 21st. And on the 21st is the first day of winter. So maybe it's the seasons. Maybe it's not just um, the holidays. It could be, you know, the, it could be the winter season or, you know, three months of this fall season. And now we're starting to winter and it's just too much for some people or maybe their vitamin D levels have gotten low. So a journal or a log can help you can help you see that. I mean, if it's seasonal, you may have to, you know, keep your log until the next year to compare the two years. But um, at least you'll start to see like a pattern. And the other good thing about a log, how I said to write down your good stress and your bad stress is because stress can be good or bad. So keeping a log of both can help you identify where your stress is coming from. Um, for example, I, um, well, before the pandemic anyway, I noticed that I had back pain every, like really bad in October and February. And usually by February, I would end up in the emergency room and have to get um, a Toradol shot or a steroid shot. And I just thought it was because it was a cold weather, you know, October's in the fall, February's in the winter. And I th I just thought it was weather. But one day when I was talking to my doctor and we were looking at my chart of the pattern, I realized that usually in October and February, I'm usually um, on the East Coast visiting my grandchildren. So it's colder there than California, but also I'm picking up my grandkids a whole lot, not to mention like the hustle and bustle of traveling and rushing around and suitcases and all that. And so even though this is something I want to do, even though this is something good for me to do, good for my grandchildren, it's a good stressor. However, it's, it's kind of seasonal, you know, there's a pattern here. And so I just realized I had to make some adjustments to make sure that my back stayed healthy while I was visiting them because I love visiting them. But I'm just saying all that to say that keeping a log and kind of watching for patterns is really helpful, helpful in determining if you have um, seasonal, some seasonal um, stress going on or some holiday stress going on. So tip number seven is if you do find yourself um, anxious during this time, use calming techniques. You know, a lot of people don't want to go to the doctor because they feel like the doctor is just going to give them meds or I, I don't know. A lot of people don't want to go to the doctor, but if you, if you're keeping a log and you can kind of anticipate um, when you start feeling a certain way, if you're getting stressed and anxious, you can use other calming techniques like going for a walk, doing some meditation, doing some yoga, taking a nap, dancing, you know, taking a bubble bath, sitting on the patio, drinking hot tea. That's what I do a lot. <laughs> um, just whatever you can do to make you smile and laugh and de-stress, you know. <clears throat> and if you don't know what those things are, just try to take some time and figure that out. And some of you might think it's weird for me to say if you don't know what those things are. The reason I say that is because sometimes you can get yourself so wrapped up in busyness and stress that you forget what you love to do. That has happened to me before. You know, you, you literally forget what is going to calm you down, what's going to make you smile, what's going to make you relax. You just get so caught up in it. And so that's what I'm saying. If you don't know what those are, just take some time and just think about it, figure out what those things are. Um, 
And then number eight, I have back to the basics. I talk about this all the time. So the basics are get enough sleep, eat healthy, meat, fruit, and vegetables, um, decrease your fast food intake, and decrease what I call the devil, which is sugar. I'm a sugar addict. I have a hard time with my sugar intake. And it's so crazy because I, I know it's an addiction because I know that I feel bad when I eat a lot of sugar. Um, my joint pain goes through the roof when I eat a lot of sugar. But man, I just, why do, why do, why do I eat it then? If I know it's going to cause me pain, why do I eat it? So that's one of my struggles. But I do know that when you're sleeping well, when you're eating well and decreasing um, fast food and sugar, I feel healthier. Um, I know when I read articles, other people feel healthier. When I go to support groups, other people say they're healthier. So it's in the literature. We know, we know that some of these things are bad for us and we know what's good for us. And so we just have to go back to that. And then tip number nine is in addition to the basics, we, you know, there's a lot of alternative modalities now to help decrease stress, like um, yoga and Tai Chi and Reiki and meditation. <clears throat> there's a lot of things out there that are non-invasive and not, you know, no medicine that can help you calm and decrease your stress. So, um, excuse me, tip number 10. Um, I put that maybe this should have been number one, but get help if you need it. The sooner, the better. So I've heard people say they don't want to go to the doctor. They're, you know, the doctors don't know what they're talking about, or they just always put you on meds, or I have a hard time finding a good doctor. But um, if you need help, you need help. And so, like I said just now, meds aren't the only way and the doctors aren't always going to give you meds. They'll probably try therapy first. And with therapy, you know, there's talk therapy, there's cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, there's several other therapies that they use that give you coping skills on how to, um, you can get coping skills on how to deal with stress and anxiety and holiday, um, holiday stress, seasonal stress, family stress. There are other ways that they can help you um, with all of these things. And a lot of times it's coping skills, maybe things you haven't thought about. They just teach you how to cope and they'll try things like that before they just throw you on medications. A, a good, you know, a good doctor will just will assess you and, and try things like that unless you're just, you know, unless they feel like you really, really, really need some medication. But please, please, please get help if you need it. Don't wait until things are, you know, too, too bad with your stress level. So anyway, I just wanted to, to say that really, really quick. Like I said, the holiday season is almost over this year is almost over, but we do have three more months of winter. We are still in this pandemic pandemic. We are still distanced from our family. And so, um, there's still a lot of chance that a lot of us are going to be anxious. And I just hope that these tips, these are just some very, very basic tips, but I just hope that these tips can help um, help some of you decrease your holiday and seasonal stress and maybe even decrease just your stress from the from the year of 2020, you know, in our the pandemic. Um, and, you know, stress, stress is serious. Stress can cause anxiety and depression and anxiety and depression are actual 
mental illness diagnosis and and that's where your stress goes you know you can get burned out and then it can go to stress and then it can lead to anxiety and depression and we just don't want that we want to nip it in the bud before it goes that far so if we know um if we since we know that the potential is anxiety and depression um we can prepare like we can prepare by taking some of these healthy steps that i've mentioned um just, you know, encouraging sleep, eating well, and getting professional help if you need it so that we can get through the fall and winter and holiday season and just take some time to enjoy it more and, and, and look at it, look at it from a joyous occasion and a healthy occasion instead of just running into it, hustle and bustle, you know, spending money, eating and drinking. And then in January, we're all sick and broke. (laughs) So I'm just hoping that Caregiver Saving Podcast today will help you to not end up sick and stressed and broke. So that was the whole purpose of today. Um, So I really hope that it was helpful for some of you. And I hope you all have a happy holiday and stay safe. And um, I will see you next month. So please hold for some important announcements. Sandra is a registered nurse, and many of her guests are healthcare professionals. However, this is not a professional podcast, nor are we associated with any mental health counseling. Please seek help with a professional provider if needed. You can reach Sandra by listening to the podcast on the Anchor app and leaving a message there, or you can DM her on Instagram at Caregivers Haven. If you enjoy listening to Caregivers Haven podcast, please favorite, subscribe, or follow on your listening platform. Okay, guys, thank you for listening. And until next time, Caregivers Haven is wishing you peace of mind.